Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The non-Christian's hope is all human hope. Good wishes, neat things that they're looking forward to, but really no guarantee. Because he or she has their hope based in human wisdom, human strength, and human power. It's all based on the things of this world. In contrast to human hope, there's biblical hope. Today we're taking a look at the difference between biblical hope and human hope. Humanly speaking, it's an uncertain wish for something good to happen in the future. Human hope lacks certainty, and biblical hope is founded on confidence. Both are positive in nature, but only one comes with a guarantee. Biblical hope not only wants something good for the future, it expects it to happen because it's based on God and His Word. Listen in to hear Pastor Mark share personal testimony and biblical insight as he sheds more light on this basic yet essential need for human life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Psalms, chapter 71, verse 5, with part one of our message entitled, Hope, Living for the Future. Turn in our Bibles. The first verse that I'm going to be at tonight is actually Psalm 71. We're going to be in Proverbs, obviously, but Psalm 71, verse 5. As Linda and I were out this morning doing our walk, I noticed an unusual amount of activity in our subdivision. Cars were everywhere. People were jumping out of their cars and running to houses. What were they doing? Yeah. How many of you into garage sailing? Let me see your hands. Man, half this congregation, whatever. Going for somebody else's junk, I guess, whatever. As you can tell, I'm not too much into. But anyway, as they were jumping out of these cars, they were hoping to find. I asked my wife this morning, what are they looking for? She said, great treasures. So you know which one of our family is into uh, garage sailing. They started the morning full of hopes. I don't know whether they made it or not, depending on what they were really looking for. When I mentioned the word hope, Interesting things come to your mind. We have seen the word hope used lots of times. We've seen hope fulfilled. None other times we've seen hopes totally dashed. Hope is an interesting word. Write the definition down. It says it just means this to look forward with confidence and expectation. 
It's a forward look at life. In the Hebrew, it has an interesting twist to it. It means to initially wait and then wait expectantly, but also while you're waiting, you have full confidence. As we think about our society today, where we're at tonight, we're hoping there really won't be any more terrorist attacks in the United States. We're looking forward to that. We're hoping that soon the economy that's very sick at the moment will quickly get healthy. You see, hope is a basic element of all of our lives. It really is part of our survival. I'll talk more about that later. When we fear the worst, maybe we've been to the doctor, maybe we've got a call in the middle of the night, hope reminds us, especially as Christians, that God is still in control. When we're discouraged and, man, just tempted to quit, hope is what steps in and says, keep going. When we look ahead and everything seems dark, hope is the one that steps into our life and says, well, take a closer look. There's, there's some light. There's some light at the end of the tunnel. We've all been there. There are two types of hope that I want to talk about tonight. The first is called human hope. Human hope is a great desire for some future thing yet which we are uncertain of attaining. We have this great desire for something in the future, but we're not really sure it's going to take place. For those of you from Chicago, some of you have this hope that the Cubs will win the World Series. You've been hoping for many, 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 many years. Some of you ladies tonight are hoping at your next anniversary, the gift from your husband will be a brand new five carat diamond ring. Keep hoping. <laughs> Some of you parents tonight, looking at your teenager, are hoping for a scholarship. Even with that child with C's and D's, you're hoping for a scholarship. Guess what? And some of you are single tonight. Do you have a great hope? You're hoping for a spouse that will be a perfect match in every area. <laughs> for those of us that are married, what do you think about that hope? <laughs> hmm. The non-Christian's hope is all human hope. Good wishes, neat things that they're looking forward to, but really no guarantee. Because he or she has their hope based in human wisdom, human strength, and human power. It's all based on the things of this world. In contrast to human hope, there's biblical hope. This is the definition of biblical hope. It's very different than human hope. Biblical hope is the confidence, notice the word, the confidence that some future thing or event will happen. It's absolutely going to happen. Why? Because it's based on God and His Word. Unlike the non-Christian, whose hope is all based on humans, the Christian, on the other hand, has his or her hope based 
on a personal relationship with God that can only be found through Jesus Christ. The Christian's hope, the real hope, is biblical. Psalm 71.5 defines it for us. David says this, For you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. This has been a great truth that you just read in my life since I was five years old. At the age of five, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. For the last 52 years, He's been my hope. So many times when things look bleak, when life didn't seem to have an answer, my hope remained in God. God has never failed me. And that's why my hope, expectation, and confidence remains in Him fully to this day. Now, that doesn't mean that there haven't been times in my life where I didn't waver and I couldn't seem to grasp the light at the end of the tunnel, but I just held on to God and the light came. You know what I mean. Tonight, I want to share with you four keys to hope. The first is this. There is hope for anyone. There is hope for anyone. Can you imagine as a pastor every week that as I begin to teach and I look out onto the congregation that God would say, well, you know, the third person from the last row against the south end of the sanctuary, there's no hope for them. Or do you know over here in the fourth row about the fifth person in? There's no hope from him. Or over here in the seventh row, the, there's no, God would point out individuals in the body and would say, no hope. Would that affect me as I teach? Would it affect you if I announced it? <laughs> do you know what? God never says that because there's always hope with God. You see, sometimes we have, we have forgotten that basic truth. There's always hope for anyone with God. No one is beyond hope. Jeremiah 32, 27 says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Absolutely not. All things are possible for God. No one is beyond hope, the touch of God. Now, Christian, I want to challenge us tonight. Do we really believe that God can change anyone? Have we given up on anyone? Have you tonight, as a Christian, lost hope? Now, we'd all like to shake our head. Oh, no, 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 Pastor Mark. No, 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 no. But sometimes even when I mention that, in our own hearts, a person comes to mind. We've pretty much prayed a long time and we've written them off. Have we forgotten that the Bible says God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all? We can ask or think. I was listening to a, a, a sermon by uh, Lee Strobel. One of the guys here went to a meeting and brought a CD back. I thought it was a great testimony. 
He said he had a friend call him recently. And by the way, if you haven't got the books, Case for Christ, Case for Faith, you need to read them. In these days, you absolutely need to read the Case for Christ if you haven't read it. Well, the author of that said he was at church one day and a man called him. And he said, I have to tell you a story. I was in the airport in Atlanta. And he said, I stopped at a little shop. And while I was in, you need to read them. In these days, you absolutely need to read the case for Christ if you haven't read it. Well, the author of that said he was at church one day and a man called him. And he said, I have to tell you a story. I was in the airport in Atlanta. And he said, I stopped at a little shop. And while I was in the shop, uh, I bought some sunglasses. And he says, I got out of the shop. I was going out waiting for my plane. And I kind of put the sunglasses on and tested them a little bit. And while I was putting them on... God spoke to my heart and says, you need to go back and witness to the man who sold you these sunglasses. Now he says, well, I'm out of the shop. I have no reason to go back in the shop. You know how we talk to God, don't you? When he says things like that. Well, come on. I mean, why didn't you tell me while I was standing in front of him or whatever? So he says, you know, what am I going to do? How am I going to approach it? How am I going to open it? So he had time. The plane wasn't there. So he followed God and he went back. And he went into the shop, and he opened the conversation, probably as poor as you can ever imagine, by saying this. He went in, and he saw the man who sold him the glasses, who now was sitting down reading the newspaper. Even worse, wasn't standing in front of him. So he went and got another pair of sunglasses, and the guy kind of looked at him, didn't I just sell you one? He says, isn't this interesting? Wouldn't it be great if these sunglasses would just uh, blind out all the flames of the sun? And the man said, well, yes, they do what a sunglass is then he says wouldn't it be great if there was something that would just absolutely block out and protect us from the flames of hell (laughs) now that's getting right to the point isn't it and the man put down his paper and he said this interesting you would say that I've really been thinking about heaven and hell a lot the last few days He led him to the Lord in the shop. You say, well, that's not possible. You see, how many people, us included, would have walked out of the shop and said, come on, God, this guy, just a store guy. I mean, he didn't care a thing about God. How am I going to get back to the conversation? He didn't write him off. He listened to God. And God had been preparing the man's heart. How many of us tonight have written off others? You know, in Jesus' day, he was a great example of this. The religious people of Jesus' day who didn't know God, for the most of society, they didn't have much hope. And there was two specific categories the Pharisees didn't care for. One would have been the tax collectors, IRS folks for us today, because they're always dishonest, and the second were the prostitutes. Look at what Jesus says when he speaks to these Pharisees. Matthew 21, 31, he says this, Jesus says to them, I tell you the truth, you hypocrites who have no hope for these people, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God (laughs) ahead of you. What, What did he mean? He meant the people you have written off I'm doing just fine because I haven't written them off. You see, we have to put on the glasses tonight of Jesus and not our own human hope. 
We have to have the hope that's biblical tonight that says that anybody can come. I want to challenge all of us tonight as we're thinking about this, that there's hope for anyone, to again begin thinking about friends and co-workers and neighbors and classmates, those difficult ones that maybe we have scratched off. Now, maybe we can't say much, but we sure can continue to pray, and God can change people's lives. Now, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 7. There is one exception to the principle I just shared with you. It's the only exception that I know that's in the Bible. And it relates to people who do not have hope. Proverbs 11, 7 says this. When a wicked man dies, his hope, what? Perishes. Now notice that verse doesn't say, because a man is wicked, his hope perishes. What's it say? When a wicked man dies, his hope perishes. Contrast, all he expected from his power comes to nothing. That's an incredibly powerful verse. You see, unbelievers have no real hope unless they repent. So the exception to point number one that there is hope for anyone is this. There is hope for anyone except if they refuse to repent. Turn with me to Mark chapter 1. You see, when Jesus came into the world, he came into the world that basically was without hope. And he brought hope, the hope of salvation. And we see it really clearly presented by Jesus. This is right at the beginning of his ministry. In Mark 1.15, Jesus says it this way, The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Repent just means to have a complete reversal of attitude, heart, and direction. True repentance after the initial emotional response of people being filled with fear and filling our churches everywhere. It's already started to what? Diminish. There are people that made new claims to God, new promises to God. They're already forgotten. It's not true repentance. There are many people that have come to our altars. Will all of those people be truly converted? It'd be a miracle because some of them did it as an emotion. We pray that they did and meant it and were serious, but many were not. Does that mean that we stop giving all their calls? Absolutely not. So I want to challenge you tonight to understand that Repentance means there's a complete reversal. It's you were walking this way, you turn around and you begin to walk this way. Now it's not instantaneous that everything in our life is perfect, there's no sin anymore. It just means we know we have to move a different direction. That's what Jesus said. Notice, repent and believe the good news. So what is Jesus waiting for? Well, he's waiting for this. 
Second Peter 3 9 the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise what promise that he's coming back again as some understand slowness he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to what repentance see there's a verse in Luke that says unless you repent you will perish so Point number one, there is hope for every single person that we know in school, co-worker, neighbor, relative. And we need to keep praying for them. We need to keep looking for times that we can open the scripture to them. We, we need not to put them on this uh, do not pray for a list over here. I prayed for them. They're not coming. Their heart's cold. They don't ever seem to be open to the things of God. No, you just keep looking for opportunities. You keep praying. You have hope for them. The only time that that will change, the only time that the hope for them is gone, is the moment they breathe their last breath. If they have not repented, all hope is gone. And some of you have come from a church that taught you that hope isn't gone after you die. That there's a second chance. That you can be prayed out of this intermediate space. You will not find that truth in God's word. The Bible says it like this, man is appointed once to die, and after death, the judgment. So when you and I breathe our last, if we've repented, and we're following Jesus Christ, and it's true, to heaven we go. If not, there is no hope. That's a very sad truth. Second, turn with me to 1 Timothy, almost toward the end of your Bible, chapter 4. There is hope for today. Biblical hope. When we talk about biblical hope, it has a, a current concept and a, a future concept. There's an element of today, and there's a component for the future. So there's a present part that we want to talk about. And Timothy just addresses it really very quickly in 1 Timothy chapter 4. He says this, For physical training is of some value. In other words, as we get on our bikes and go to the spa and all that stuff, that's good. There's some good value to it. keeps you healthy. But godliness, in other words, the spiritual part of us, has value for all things. Here's the part I want you to understand. Holding promise or hope for both the present life and the life to come. So there is a, an element of hope that is for today, for right now. This is the key to effective Christian living. We must remember that God designed our lives to be now lived with joy, with abundance. When we came to Christ, we didn't come to Christ just for this future pie-in-the-sky kind of deal. Moon pie. How many of you were raised with moon pies and RC colas? Look at, man, this, this, yeah, I knew this southern group. Some of you from California say, what? What's an RC cola? Whatever. We didn't come to Christ with this future kind of deal out there, pie in the sky. We're to live and enjoy life right now. All right, here's what we know. Biblical hope is the confidence that some future thing will happen because it's based on God and His Word. As a believer, this should help reaffirm what you may have lost sight of. If this is a new concept for you, then you've just learned that it's not too late. Because no one is beyond hope. 
Either way, if you're ever going to do life right, you must place your hope on nothing less than God's truth and His righteousness. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll continue to learn more about the essential element in the Christian life, hope. We'll hear more on how it's available to everyone except those who refuse to repent. Repentance is a complete reversal of attitude, heart, and direction. So, if this doesn't define your life, even if you said a prayer once, you'll need to make some changes. Don't wind up to be the exception to the rule. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons for